The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 297. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Brian McClanahan. Like my Facebook page, at Brian McClanahan. And, of course, subscribe to my YouTube page, where you can watch this podcast, at Brian McClanahan. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me, an e- give me an email address, if I could speak this morning. And I'll give you a free ebook and a free audiobook, Forgotten Founders. It's a great book. And, of course, I read it to you, so it's a great thing. You support the show by going to mclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. When you do enroll, click on that 10 Myths of American History, and you get that class for free, free of charge. Or you can wait to get the email that has a link in it, but when you enroll, you're going to get a welcome email. And those that do enroll do get the best deals on forthcoming courses or new courses, which I have one out right now if you're listening to this. Now, I will release it to the public where I'm going to make a grand announcement out of it outside of this podcast in an email in about a week. But those who are McClanahan Academy subscribers right now are getting a coupon for a great deal on it. So you want to get that coupon and get the deal. It's an awesome course. I mean, it's one you're going to want. So get that. Also, you can support the show by going to brianmcclanahan.com forward slash support. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep these lights on, help keep the podcast going. You can also get your book plates there if you want my autograph on one of my books that I've written. It's a great way to do it. Painless, just get a book plate. I send it out and uh, you stick it on your book. You can also get all your Brian McClanahan Show gear by clicking on that shop tab on my webpage. You get that logo on all kinds of cool stuff. Somebody suggested I make a McClanahan Academy shirt with the phrase, that's just stupid. Well, I mean, yes, that would be good, but I don't know if it, putting that's just stupid on the shirt would think that McClanahan Academy is just stupid. So, uh, But certainly, I love calling people stupid when they're stupid, so um, th- that's, that'd be fun. And of course, as always, share this podcast around on social media, rate it wherever you get your podcasts, all that great stuff. Help people think locally, act locally, help spread the message organically. That's how we grow the audience. If you want to hear something, send me a request. And I will talk about it. In fact, today is going to be, or at least if it's good, if I can if I can make the show better, today is going to be one of those shows. It's a request that just came in yesterday. And so I want to talk about it. And actually piggybacks on an article that Judge Knapp, Judge Napolitano, wrote on quarantines. So we've got the coronavirus. I already did an episode on the coronavirus and what I thought about that. It was just a few episodes ago. And the hysteria around the coronavirus. I mean, I think some of this is warranted, right? I mean, this thing is pretty infectious. It's got some problems. Um, there, You should use abundance of caution when you are thinking about keeping your hands clean, keeping your hands off your face. Not like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, <clears throat> who said, keep your hands off the face. And then the interview, put her hands on her face about 20 times. So really try to keep your hands off your face. You don't need a dog cone like I've seen on social media. You don't need any of that. Just try to stay clean. Same things would apply for the cold or the flu. Take your vitamins, get some exercise, get some sunlight, try not to be cooped up all the time. Do these things that are good for you so that you can improve your health. Try to avoid sick people. If you are ill, stay home. But I'm going to get into that too when we talk about quarantine. So do all the things you can do. Wash your hands, of course. Wash your hands. Wash your stinky, smelly bodies. 
wash your hands and make sure you stay clean. Um, and control your space, right? I mean, you know, try to uh, avoid things as much as you can that where you might become uh, or might have contact with someone who is contagious. I mean, the real issue here, as I mentioned in that last episode I did on coronavirus, is open borders, international travel, globalism. I mean, this is an issue. Of course, the travel ban on China did limit the number of people from China coming in the United States when the outbreak first happened. But then, of course, it spread into Europe. And now we're looking at a situation as of today, or actually as of midnight tonight. I'm recording this on Thursday. So when we get to midnight Friday, all of travel to and from Europe, except for the UK, is going to be shut down. So the question becomes, can the President of the United States, can the United States Congress do this? Can they quarantine people? We've seen now in New York where the National Guard has been brought in to try to essentially enforce a quarantine in one part of New York, a northern suburb essentially of New York City, where they had a pretty substantial outbreak. New York has over 200 cases right now. So does California. I think Washington State has over 300 cases. And the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about states with large populations. I mean, California is larger than most states of Europe. A couple hundred infections is not that large. Same thing in New York. New York is larger than most countries in Europe. Um, you're not talking about large infection rates. But of course, it is a contagious contagious disease. You don't want it. Um, just like you don't want the flu, you don't want the cold, you don't want anything like that. You don't want this one, particularly if you have any other underlying health concerns because it can turn into something a little more nasty. And, of course, if you're an advanced age, that's also problematic. So all those things, again, use abundance of caution. If you're of a certain age, you should really try to do things yourself. This is an individual response in many ways. You have to make decisions based on yourself. And, look, no one should want to infect anyone else. So, I mean, that's that's the key, whether you have the coronavirus or the flu or the cold, whatever it is, strep throat, Whatever you've got, you should try to ensure that you're not infecting other people. So, But let's talk about this idea of government quarantines. And I'm going to pull up uh, an email from a, subs- from a listener, I should say, a subscriber, a listener. Um, and it comes from an individual in Washington State. He says, hi, Brian, big fan of the show. I'm a listener here in Washington State. Earlier today, Jay Inslee announced that public gatherings of a social or religious nature of 250 more would be prohibited. As a member of a local church that has over 600 active members, this is a big cause for concern, especially for my fellow Christians across the country. Many of my friends have said this order is unconstitutional because it violates freedom of religion and speech. Wasn't quite aware the U.S. Constitution overrides the constitutions of the states. I've tried arguing against this from what I've learned from your show, but it's a tricky subject. Love the show and keep up the good work. So then he, he attached uh, something from the Washington government where he listed the decree, essentially. Furthermore, based on the above situation and under the provisions of RCW 43.06.220, Section 1B, and RCW 43.06.220, Section 1H, to help preserve and maintain life, life, health, property, or the public peace, I hereby prohibit the following activities in King, Pierce, and Snohomish counties related to social, spiritual, and recreational gatherings, which restrictions shall remain in effect until midnight on March 31st, 2020, unless extended beyond that date. Gatherings of 250 people or more for social, spiritual, and recreational activities, including but not limited to community, civic, public leisure, faith-based, 
or sporting events, parades, concerts, festivals, conventions, fundraisers, and similar activities. Violators of this order may be subject to criminal penalties pursuant to RCW 43.06.220, Section 5. So this is a big question. Can the state government do this? Well, um, he's citing state law. The question is, does the Washington state constitution prohibit this type of prohibition on public gatherings? Because that's the real issue. Now, there's two things going on here, and I think that's where the Judge Knapp article gets into this. Before I get into the Judge Knapp article, I'm going to say this about Judge Napolitano. I don't always agree with him, but I will tell you he is the most consistent legal voice out there. The most consistent legal voice based on not just emotions or feelings, but understanding his positions on his worldview of liberty. He is consistent. And I think you have to respect him for that, no matter if you agree with him or not. So his essays are always thought-provoking. They're always, uh, they're always a must-read because by reading them, you think, oh, yeah, I mean, I've never really thought about this before, or, well, I have thought about this, and I don't think you're right about this, or, yeah, you're 100% right about that position. So, I mean, I think Judge Knapp needs to be read and digested and chewed. And, and this particular piece is published at lewrockwell.com this morning. It's March 12th. And it states clearly, can the government restrict travel to protect public health? Can the government restrict travel? Now, the piece doesn't necessarily get into travel as much as it does quarantine. So you could look at quarantines as a restriction of travel. You can't leave your house. You can't do these things. So, I mean, in that way, we're talking about, I mean, there's two ways to look at travel. There's international travel, there's travel into states, and then, of course, there's local travel, leaving your house travel. There are all kinds of ways to look at travel. This is just a blanket travel. So I'm going to answer the email, and I'm also going to address Judge Knapp's article here. Again, can the government restrict travel to protect public health? March 12, 2020, lewrockwell.com. The issue of, Napolitano begins, the issue of whether government in America can quarantine persons against their will, ostensibly for their own health and that of others with whom they may come in contact, requires a dual analysis, one of the powers of the federal government and the other of the powers of the states. For constitutional analysis purposes, since local and regional governments derive their powers from the states in which they are located, the analysis of state powers pertains to them as well. Well, one thing I'll say here is they don't, they don't um, derive their powers from the states. They derive their powers from the people of the states, right? So, I mean, we have to understand that. Yeah, I mean, states is the people of the states. Um, but certainly the states, the people of the states, were the building blocks of the central authority and, of course, the building blocks of the state authority, the people of the states. It's bottom-up organic, right? So uh, the states didn't create themselves. They were created by the people of the states. Now, were the states created by the British government uh, or at one time the English government, either one? I mean, were they created by one or the other? Um, no, because, I mean, you might have had the colonies created in that way, but, of course, the states themselves creating a sovereign entity is the action of the people of the states, and they did that through writing constitutions. The creation of the people of the states. So he says, we begin our analysis with the observation of the truism that freedom is the default position. So he begins with a position, a principled position. <clears throat> now, 
Some would say that's not a truism. If you're Jeremy Bentham, you're not going to say that's a truism. You're going to say, no, no, freedom comes from the government. It's not the default position. So it depends on what you think about that. I mean, I, I would tend to agree with Napolitano more than Jeremy Bentham. But it really does depend, and this gets into philosophy, political philosophy. Where do your freedoms come from? Do they Are they natural rights, which, of course, Napolitano was an advocate of natural rights? Or do rights come from government? And there are plenty of people in the world that believe rights come from government, even in the United States. And that gets into the utilitarianism of someone like Jeremy Bentham and others, of course. I mean, we could talk about where that comes from. But, of course, Napolitano says the language of the Declaration of Independence, as well as various amendments of the Bill of Rights, unambiguously reflects the views of those who wrote, ratified, and amended the Constitution, recognize that our rights to think, speak, publish, worship, defend ourselves, travel, own property, be left alone, are natural to our humanity. Well, I do think that the founding generation was more interested in natural rights than rights coming from the government. So I think he's 100% correct about this. The American position has long been a much more natural rights position than uh, European utilitarianism or something along those lines. So certainly, um, I think he's 100% correct about this. That's why you have these amendments to protect what are considered to be natural rights. The Anglo-American position has long considered these rights to be natural rights. If you look at the English Bill of Rights, it was saying the government cannot do these things. The king cannot infringe on these rights. The Magna Carta cannot infringe, uh, said that the king cannot infringe on essentially what are what they're considering to be natural rights. Napolitano says these rights pre-existed the government. Their source is our humanity. Government does not guarantee, I'm sorry, grant these rights. Rather, its primary purpose, as stated in the Declaration of Independence, its sole purpose is to protect these rights. Now, this is where we shade a little bit into proposition nation stuff. And yeah, I mean, the Declaration is very clear about natural rights. Um, and where we have the right to independence, the government has an obligation to protect life, liberty, and property. And they're called rights. To secure these rights, governments get their power from the consent of the government. You know the thing. You know the thing. I'm just going to start saying that now anytime I don't feel like reciting the declaration or the... Con I'm just going to say, you know the thing. You know it. You know the thing. I mean, it's a default, right? My students could just start using this. Uh, tell me in an essay about the Declaration of Independence. You know the thing. I mean, there we go. If the Democrat candidate for president can just say, you know the thing, I mean, hey, who's to say we can't do that? What's your definition of is? You know the thing. So, uh, Napolitano continues, though the courts have interpreted the Constitution to possess lamentable exceptions, the framers and ratifiers arguably accepted the non-aggression principle, articulated in the modern era by the late Professor Murray Rothbard, which declares that all aggression against persons and property, even by government, is immoral. In the case of the federal government, it is one of limited delegated powers. Of course, 230 years of legislation and litigation have blown its powers outside the confines of the Constitution and invariably in the direction of expanding federal power at the expense of personal liberty and the states. I mean, this is a complete truism, right? I mean, it doesn't mean the Constitution's changed. It's just our interpretation of what the government can do over time has changed. And the most problematic part of that is, of course, the 14th Amendment. 
Napolitano continues, the states form the federal government and not the other way around. Yet today, the feds stay in power by bribing the states with cash grants, the rich with bailouts, the middle class with tax breaks, and the poor with transfer payments. Notwithstanding all this, the courts continue to recognize the concept of personal liberty in a free society. Well, yes, I mean, look, the states have a real problem on their hands because they are consistently being bought off of federal cash. Individuals have a hard time ignoring the federal cash drip or slopping out the trough and federal handouts and other things. It's all true. I mean, this is how the government buys loyalty. It's what Hamilton did when they bought the loyalty of former war veterans by getting them paid. I mean, this is what they were doing. They're buying loyalty. So, I mean, all this is true. He's off to a smashing start, for the most part, in what he says about this. But I'm going to continue with this. I'm running a little long here. I'm going to take a break for a second. I'll come back in just a minute, continue talking about Judge Knapp's article and what the states can and can't do in regard to quarantines and other things. I'll see you in just a minute. Let me talk to you for a minute about McClanahan Academy. I know at the beginning of this particular podcast or this video, I talked about McClanahan Academy. But let me go into a little more detail about why I think you should sign up for it and why why I created it. First, a little bit about me. I have a PhD in American history from the University of South Carolina, and I've taught in the college environment for 20 years. And I've seen college students get worse over time, the curriculum get worse, And students are being indoctrinated more than educated now in our higher education system, whether it's high school or college. So I wanted a counterweight to that. And this is why I created the McClanahan Academy. Now, first, it's always free to enroll at McClanahan Academy. You sign up. It's free. And I give you a free course, 10 Myths of American History, when you do sign up. So it's a great way to get an introduction to what I do. But I've got eight courses for sale there and more forthcoming. All of these courses are designed to give you the non-PC version of American history, to take the red pill, so to speak. And I've got two courses in particular, my U.S. History Survey courses, which are designed for homeschoolers. So if you're a homeschooler and you want a good curriculum, and uh, my family has homeschooled all of our children from the beginning, and you want a solid history curriculum, that's why I designed the United States History to 1865 and 1865 to present. You've got... Enough material, you've got lesson plans, you've got uh, tests, you've got reading material, you've got reading seminars, you've got 36 weeks, if you take them, buy them both, you've got 36 weeks of material, and it can be used as a high school history curriculum, or if you're just a lifelong learner, you can use it otherwise. But it's a great way to get a real history education devoid of Marxism and progressivism and political correctness. So sign up at mclanahanacademy.com. That's mclanahanacademy.com. Again, always free to enroll. And I'll see you there. All right, we're back talking about quarantines, travel restrictions, Judge Napolitano. And, of course, this is a listener-generated episode in part, so that listener made the show better. You want to make the show better? Send me your requests. And you might get on the show. All right, so... Continuing with Judge Knapp. Um, All this is background to the issue lurking beneath headlines this week. Can the government quarantine people without proof of contagion and imminent assault? The short answer is no. Okay. Um, I I think he's right about this when it comes to government-mandated quarantines. Government-mandated quarantines. Now, 
the government can make recommendations for quarantine. Now, on the other hand, if the government is charged protecting the life of its individual citizens, if that's what it's charged with doing, and this is what the Washington, the Washington State Declaration said. I mean, look, look what he says. To help preserve and maintain life, health, property, and public peace. And government does have a charge to do that. I think that the government can do some of the things that it is doing right now of prohibiting public gatherings. Now, I can't tell you you have to stay in your house unless you are 100% contagious and been proven as such. Now, Napolitano will say you have to be proven in a court of law. If you're that contagious, you won't be dragged before a court. So there has to be something going on there. So he does actually come around later in the piece and say, well, yes, you can be quarantined if you are infected and you could present a public health problem. That you could be quarantined in your house by force. By force, but the question is, can they can they prohibit public gatherings? Which is the first question. Napolitano is going to a little bit different path with this. The problem I have with this next paragraph, he says, we know that under the Fifth Amendment, if any government, state, or federal wants to impair the life, liberty, or property of a person, it must follow due process. Due process has two components: substantive and procedural. The substantive component asks that the impairment of liberty is proper to the government that seeks the impairment. And the procedural component asks that the impairment has come by fairly. Now, this is not a Fifth Amendment issue in the state of Washington at all. It's not a First Amendment issue. It's a Washington state issue. Because Napolitano is right, the states preceded the federal government. The people of the states created the state. Therefore, the states have almost unlimited power as long as it doesn't violate the state constitution of Washington. Now, if that's the case, that's a state issue, not a, not a federal issue. And so when the writer says to me, look, I mean, I know I listen to your show. This is really some First Amendment. It's hard. Yes, it's like climbing Mount Everest in a pair of flip-flops, shorts, and a t-shirt to get people to understand that this is a state issue, not a federal issue. I understand. Look, I do this on a regular basis. I know how hard this is because we have been indoctrinated into nationalism. Even Judge Knapp shades towards nationalism too much at times. And that's because he's looking at it from, a well, this is what the courts have said. We have to start thinking outside the box with that. I mean, uh, did the founding generation say, well, this is what the courts have said about this, so this is what we're going to do? No, they just did it. They ignored things they wanted to ignore. And they, of course, understood there could be penalties from that. Now, I think that this prohibition on public gatherings might be in the best interest of public health in the state of Washington for a time until this thing, the state of Washington has the most coronavirus cases in the United States per state, right? So till they get this thing under control and they understand how many people have this thing, perhaps it is a good idea to limit these large public gatherings. Even 250 people is a large, 249 people is a large gathering. Now, what would happen, of course, if a thousand people showed up somewhere? Well, would they arrest everybody? Probably not. They would maybe arrest the organizers of the of the gathering. But I think people would would be best to err on the side of caution here and say, okay, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have these large gatherings. Um, and of course, to take care of this, you know, if you're in a large congregation, six hundred people, well, then you have several services, and you do limit the amount of people that can come at certain times. And if you're feeling ill, this is a personal responsibility issue. 
If you think you've come in contact with anyone who's been to one of these hotly infested countries, infected countries like Italy, like Iran or Korea or China, even Germany, Spain, and France now are getting to be pretty hot, maybe you should take it upon yourself to say, okay, I'm going to go out of abundance of caution to try to stay home and not infect people. I mean, your family's going to get it, but maybe you could try to stay home. So I think that this is the situation. We're getting to personal individual responsibility. Now, the government does have an obligation, as the governor of Washington stated, to protect the life, liberty, or the life and, and property of people, right? So the health, it does have an obligation there, but this is a state power. So this is not a Fifth Amendment issue. Now, Napolitano continues. Now, back to what the feds can do and what the states can do in a public health crisis. There are no emergency provisions or triggers in the Constitution. This is true. Yet Congress gave itself the power to regulate public health and safety under various pretexts. This is also true. Congress gave itself that power. The pretext exists because the nanny state urge of members of Congress to regulate is confronted by the reservation of the Tenth Amendment of health and safety to the states. Those pretexts are regulating commerce and all that affects commerce and paying the states to do Congress's will. Stated differently, the Supreme Court has ruled that both the federal government and the states can confine a person who has not committed a crime or one who has but has served one's full sentence in order to protect society from the person's intentional or uncontrollable harmful tendencies. Um, but the states, I mean, the states had this power anyways. The states, as James Wilson said in the State House Yard speech in October of 1787, possessed the power to do anything they wanted as long as it was not uh, prohibited by the Constitution of the states. States have unlimited powers. The general government can't do anything unless it's enumerated in the Constitution. There's, a, there's two ways of looking at this. So the general government has enumerated powers delegated powers by the people of the states or the states, delegated powers. They can only do what's in the document. The states can do anything as long as it's not prohibited in the document, the state constitutions. So as long as the state constitution of Washington does not prohibit this, the state, the state of Washington can do whatever it wants. It's not, it's not a federal issue. It's not, there's no Bill of Rights issue for the federal government. And it is contrary to the plain meaning of the Constitution for Congress to give itself powers that were not delegated to it by the Constitution. No, not by the Constitution, but by the states, the people of the states. But the courts have permitted this. Yet, even in the case of a lunatic who has committed a crime and served his full sentence but remains dangerous, the courts have recognized constitutional safeguards to protect his natural rights. Okay, but this gets into a federal state issue. In fact, most federal crimes are unconstitutional because the states already... I mean, look, a federal crime against murder... Unless, it's to, unless we're talking about the U.S. military or something that, that the federal government has complete and plenary control over is not a federal crime. I mean, states already have crimes against, laws against murder, right? So, I mean, you're, you're just layering these things. State, the federal government doesn't need to do that. But again, nationalism. See, nationalism. We're all waiting around with bated breath for Donald Trump to get on TV and say what he's going to do to protect the United States. I'm going to talk about that in a second, what the states could have done, and I'm going to actually use California as an example. Now back to our question of whether the government, state, or federal can confine persons against their will in order to protect public health. The short answer is yes, but the Constitution requires procedural due process. That means a trial for every person confined. Thus, a government-ordered quarantine of all persons in a city block or a postal zip code or a telephone area code would be egregious violation of due process 
both substantive and procedural. Now, I'm not a firm believer in substantive due process. I think that's a really problematic thing. Um, the Dred Scott decision, for example, was a decision of substantive due process. Is that a good decision? I mean, um, I would tend to agree not. Substantively, no government in America has a lawful power to curtail natural rights by decree. Um, so I know Napolitano will get around this and say, well, you know, slavery is not a natural right issue. This is, you know, you're, you're enslaving someone, you're preventing, you're preventing their life. But slavery, of course, was legal at the time. Procedurally, notwithstanding the fear of disease contagion, the states and feds may only quarantine those who are actively contagious and will infect others eminently. And it must present evidence of both at a trial at which the, it bears the burden of proof. Um, while the non-aggression principle remains offensive aggression and self-defense when it uh, permits offensive aggression and self-defense when an attack is imminent and certain, that's a high standard for the government to meet, as it should be. Freedom, even the freedom of a madman or a dangerously sick and contagious person, is the default position. Infringing upon it without procedural due process is always constitutionally impermissible. The Constitution was not written for the government to right every wrong. We know that government itself causes most wrongs, the theft of property by taxation, the impairment of economic liberty by regulation, the slaughter of innocents by war, the infringement of expressive liberties by majority vote. Yet the Constitution still mandates an exacting due process for all whom the government would restrain. That means a trial before any quarantine, a matter of the public danger, and a fair trial, not one animated by mass hysteria or government-generated fear. Now, again, he doesn't really address the state-federal issue, so I'm going to address that. The states can do whatever they want in this particular case, as long as it doesn't, I said it before, as long as it doesn't violate the state constitution. Now, you'd have to go to court. You'd have to take this before a judge because, essentially, the states would do it, and then they would look for a legal challenge later. So, the states will do it. The federal government will do it. The problem is the federal government doesn't have the manpower to enforce it. So the states have to do it. So the states can say, I know what you've said, federal government. We're not going to enforce your quarantine. We're not going to enforce your, your decree. But here's what could happen. And I point this out because we had this Diamond Princess cruise ship off the coast of California. And the governor of California, Governor Newsom, said, you're not docking here. You're not going to dock that ship till we know exactly what we're going to do with all the people on board, where they're going to go. And, of course, he's looking to the federal government to give them directives on this. But he said that port in California is owned by the state of California, essentially. And uh, we're going to prohibit that ship from docking in the state of California. I mean, you can sail that ship somewhere else if you want to and go dock it somewhere else. But you're not bringing it in here. Now, this brings up an interesting situation. Trump has banned travel from all European countries except the Brit except the UK, Great Britain. And so the question is, can he do that? Well, no, not really. Of course, he's going to say this is international commerce, so he has the authority to do it. Of course, this is why they can regulate the airline industry, because that's international. It's national, international commerce. Now, what could the states have done before this? This is the problem, where the states don't even think they have any authority here. Um, I live near one of the busiest, if not the busiest, I, can't, I think it is the busiest airport in the United States, and that's Atlanta. So what could have Atlanta done? Atlanta, the Atlanta airport, Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport, could have said, you know what, we're not going to allow any international travel into our airport any longer. Italy's problem, Iran's a problem, China's a problem, France is a problem, wherever's a problem. We're, we're just going to say, we're not, we're not, you're not bringing your planes into our airport. you got to divert somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Now, see, 
The issue with that is, well, the federal government say you can't do that because we control the air. We control air traffic controllers. We control all of that. But the state of Atlanta owns the airport. So if they wanted to say you can't land here, just like there's a cruise ship, you can't dock here, the states could have done this. They could have done it any day of the week. They could have said completely, we're not going to allow this to happen. The state of New York, the state of Washington, the state of California, they could have all done this and it could have all been handled by the states. Now, this could have created massive chaos. They could have said, Delta, we're giving you 48 hours notice. You've got to put your plane somewhere else. You just, you just cancel all flights. Cancel all flights into Atlanta. Boom, you're done. I mean, this is essentially what the Trump administration has done. You're looking at large amounts of people in Europe, and how are they going to get back? This is a major problem that I don't know how that's going to be addressed. You've got large numbers of Americans, I'm sure, in Europe right now that want to get back, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to do it. They can't get on a boat necessarily. Well, they could, a cruise ship. They could get on that. They could take a ship. But uh, they're kind of stuck at this point. Um, so the state of Georgia could have done it. Of course, private, the, the airlines themselves could have done this. We're going to look at this situation in Europe with, this is going to be nasty. This is problematic. We can shut off travel to those states as well, or to those, to those countries as well, those states, they are states. And we're not going to fly into, into it, into Italy, for example. Now, Italy itself has cut off. I mean, Italy's cut off. By itself. I mean, Italy said no longer. We're not doing anything. We're cutting ourselves off. Um, so this is an interesting situation. Uh, but we're looking at federal power uh, here. And, of course, Trump is you're looking at tax cuts and other things, loans to businesses. I mean, is any of that constitutional, uh, the loans to businesses part? And that's, I mean, this is where my newest course gets into all this stuff and how presidents do things that are unconstitutional all the time. We don't even ask these questions anymore. We just, oh, yeah. I think Napolitano is asking the right questions. He's looking at this legally, what can be done and what can't be done. The states, in my opinion, can do any of this stuff. The states can prohibit large public gatherings. But again, this comes down to individual responsibility. If people would just take this upon themselves to do the right things, if you're feeling ill, don't go infect other people. Don't do it. It's not a good thing to do. Try to avoid getting other people sick by taking care of yourself, self-quarantining. Sarah, look, I might have come in contact with someone who has coronavirus. I need to stay home and just do it. Or, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm ill with the flu. I'm ill with a cold. I need to stay home. Now, I know that creates problems when you don't have sick leave and other things, and I realize this. And then that comes down to what kind of resources do you have? And, I mean, all this is difficult, understandably. All of this is difficult. There's going to be some really hard times in America, I think, in the next two, three months. Some really hard times. So you need to prepare for that as an individual. Prepare for what you can do for yourself and your family. Um, take personal responsibility. Understand that the state governments can do these things, and they will. And, I mean, this is where I would disagree with Judge Knapp. It's not a Fifth Amendment issue. As long as it doesn't violate the state constitution, I think Washington is on pretty firm ground there to do what they're doing. I'm not saying you can't have any gathering, just over 250 people. Um, I would look at this as a real public health issue and one that people should be concerned about and one that people should guard against in their own actions. So that's my answer to the question. I think the states could have done more. The states can continue to do more. The states can do more than what they're doing. Um, they don't need federal permission. We don't need to wait around 
waiting for what the president's going to do with the Congress. This needs to be a personal decision, a personal responsibility decision. That's my take on it. I will see you next time on The Brian McClanahan Show. (laughs) 